0: Welcome again to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have today, Frank Day, De- help me here, Frank, your yeah, last name? De- De Mayo bio okay, great. am. and his book, and uh, tell my audience what the name of your book is. In okay,
1: would uh, we? Know? The 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 title of the book. Yes, is a promise made, a promise kept, a husband's journey through journaling to heal the loss of his spouse.
0: Well, that's uh. Just, yeah, I've, I've read yeah, I've I've read it quite a bit, and then I'm hearing you read it to me, and uh, you know it it uh, got it, it gets your attention. I guess somebody says. It gets your attention. Um, you have uh, done a lot since uh, uh, since your wife's path, passing, and uh, part of that was a lot of a lot of boat trips. Is that right? Uh...
1: Yes, uh, I started the the journey, I found the boat actually in, in our home state of Rhode Island. I had looked all over the country and as far away as Mexico initially. Right. And was at home with family for Thanksgiving and I just happened to pop on my brother's computer and found the the perfect vessel in fact the type of sailboat my wife and I lusted after. It's called a canoe stern sailboat. In other words, the bow is looks just like the stern. They're both pointed and in a following sea, the waves on a regular sailboat have a tendency to whack the stern and lift it up out of the air, whereas right. when, when the stern is pointed a wave can come upon you, but the, the boat allows the wave to split. Uh-huh. You, may, you still may get a little bit of a lift, but you won't get that slamming action, especially in a seven to 10 foot sea where there's quite a bit of force behind the water. But uh, yeah, it, it, I couldn't let it go by. It, my wife and I love lighthouses. And we would travel up and down the East Coast and visit them. And we were married in St. Augustine, Florida. And the lighthouse in St. Augustine is just a perfect little spot. And the boat's name happened to be Anastasia. And that's where the lighthouse is uh, Uh in St. Augustine. So on Anastasia Island. So I said, oh, you know, I can't let this opportunity go by. And this was kismet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So this, this boat and I were meant to be together. And uh, I lived on it for six years, traveled up and down the East Coast and of course to, to Bermuda and back. And uh, it was a wonderful vessel. But coming from B- Rhode Island, sailing down to Virginia, I had what I called in the book fits and starts. Yeah. You know, situations where something would happen, and I'd have to go back, and uh-huh. then leave, get a little further, and then turn around and have to go back. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was uh, because my brother and my mom and dad, you know, say, you know, Frank, uh, maybe somebody's trying to tell you something, and I said, <laughs> no, it's it's just that I'm going through a learning curve here, Dad, and um, I have to get to know the boat. The boat has to get to know me. And uh, we'll we'll be fine. Well, finally, I made it to Virginia. And in 2006, I made my first attempt to cross uh, from Virginia to Bermuda. And like I was telling Mac, uh, I got hit by uh, a gale force storm that formulated within, I'd say, less than two hours, slamming down the eastern seaboard of of Virginia. I was 26, 27 miles off the coast and the the marine radio, you know, you have it set on 16. But once you get to that particular point, the Uh arc of the earth, you lose audio in terms of connection for marine forecasts. And now you have to rely on single sideband radio after you get that point. So I could hear... (sighs) From the Coast Guard, saying, "Warning, seek shelter. Do not leave port." And I'm like, "Oh really? I'm 27 <laughs> miles off the coast. Are you kidding me?" And John, I'm sitting there, boat sailing along. The sky is clear. There are uh, st- there are stars, and uh, and I'm just enjoying the ride and i just happened to turn around and you know you have sometimes you have moments when you go holy crap and that's exactly w- what it was like because behind me stars on one side and then clear blackness really all the way to the coast ah okay with with heat lightning you can see in in the sky and the winds went from 20 knots which is about 26 miles an hour my math is correct to gale force winds in an instant like within 3 minutes i didn't have i didn't have time i literally got slam dunked i had Thank goodness my mainsail was reefed, which is shortened, but um, my roller furling was out and it got ripped, my main got destroyed, lines got broken, parts on the boat broke, the control mechanism for the boom of the mainsail, that exploded from the force of the wind. and. Um, all this happened within minutes and lasted well through the night i mean it took me all night to get back to virginia under motor but um yeah i had no idea how much damage there was until that morning when i happened to crawl out and look and the lines and or all over the boat like spaghetti. I uh, I was amazed how I was able to move about and, and not, right. not be killed. <laughs> right. <laughs> well. But,
0: well, with all that noise and all that storm, I think I'd do a lot of pre a lot of praying.
1: Uh, um I did, but just, you know, John, there was a moment of fear, mm-hmm. and then there was a moment of Emotional calm, Mm -hmm. as if someone had put their hand on my shoulder and said everything was going to be okay, just move about and get things done. At that particular point, I was calm. I did the things that I needed to do. I was blessed and guided by God to get everything done and to be safe and avoid being killed because essentially yeah. that's that's what I felt like was dead. the Coast guard would find me hanging <laughs> off the side of the boat <laughs> but uh, I wrote about that I mentioned it in the book and it's uh it's amazing how when things are falling apart all around you and then all of a sudden for some reason it's like the calm, the storm abates and there's a calmness there's a sense of peace right uh, and you just do what you need to to do because that's what needs to be done and you don't worry about it and that uh, that was reaffirming of my spirit and faith in in god at that point right
0: nothing like a repeat no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you've got some books before this one. Um, your second book was "Promise Made, a Promise Kept."
1: That's correct. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The first one I wrote was actually called uh, "The Best Ships," which is part of the end of "A Promise Made, a Promise Kept." because my first writing, which was done between five and oh seven, was extremely morose because it was based on all of my journaling that I had done at that particular point in time. And to be honest, John, that was my emotional vomitorium getting things out of me and onto paper. And I happened to put it in a book form. But at the end, I put the story about how I got to Bermuda and the things that impacted me in relationship to that. There was a person that I hadn't seen for um, for 43 years and happened to find me on LinkedIn. And she uh, was also an author and prodded me for four or five weeks for me to give her my manuscript. I finally gave in, sent it to her, and she sent me an email about four days later. She says, you made me sick for three days. (laughs) Mercy. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) She said, you exposed everything about what you were traumatized by. Right. And reading your journal in a book form was traumatic. It says you, you can't put that out in print. I laughed, I said, it's not going out in print. I you know, buried it in deep storage, never to be seen again. And she said, but the tail end, the story about your sail to Bermuda, that's noteworthy, that's uplifting, and you should write about that. And so she became my editor, and within the, by the end of that year, I had published The Best Ships. But I felt there was something missing. You know, when you put something together and yet Inside, you'd feel as though something's incomplete. That's the way I felt because I felt that the backstory of Judith's and my life together was extremely important in providing the, the foothold for the reason for the sale. So I shelved the best ships. And went back to the drawing board and rewrote "A Promise Made, A Promise Kept," and provided the reader with the reason and purpose for the sale in relationship to how my wife and I lived our lives together. Mm-hmm. So you'll you'll find that when you speak of integrity, that. The publication of A Promise Made a Promise Kept was answering and giving and showing my integrity to the reader because it's the the faith in our relationship that Judith and I had because we nourished each other's ideas and dreams and uh, that expresses it.
0: How old were you then? When I made the sale to Bermuda? Well, I guess when when Judith uh, passed.
1: Uh, 2004, so I was 40 54. Okay. 54, 44. Yeah. I was born in 49, so. Was she uh, approximately your age as well? Um, No, she was uh, a couple of years older than I was. Uh, She passed away on the 19th of July and two days before her 58th birthday. Um, And, uh, but I was her second marriage and she was my second marriage. So we have children from our independent lives. And I have four children, all adults, and now three grandchildren, which, and within, which John is, three grandchildren within two years. Oh, whoa. (laughs) It's like, all of a sudden, the popcorn machine went off. (laughs) It's like, holy crap. Guys, slow down.
0: Yeah. They want to move it fast.
1: Yeah. Um, they, well, they jumped
0: right <laughs> in. I'm uh, looking here at the uh, what you call the pearls—an adventure
1: story. Yes. Um, yes. That—that, mm-hmm. um, that of course, is fiction, uh, it, and it's based on two Portuguese sailors who meet in Macau, China, uh, in a period of time between 1852 and 1862, when the opium wars uh, were in their height. right, And it initially had started out as a diversion for me when I was writing the initial story Mm -hmm. uh, about Judith and myself. Because, you know, the forest for the trees thing, you get so close to what you're working on, you, you tend to be I don't want Um, to say focused yeah you you kind of lose yourself and so I I started to do other projects and that was a a fiction project that I started and was supposed to be a short story Mm -hmm. and it went from a short story to at this particular point in time to be 365 pages long So. I'm gonna split it up and Fine. create two, two books out of it. But what's interesting is that uh, the main character, one of the main protagonists, Giacomo, uh, gets shipwrecked on the <laughs> south coast of China and ends up being saved by villagers who live on the coast and are fishermen. So they're people of the sea. And the woman who finds him on the beach cares for him, brings him essentially back to life because they should have buried him along with those other members of the the shipwreck. Mm -hmm. But over a course of time, they essentially fall in love and they marry and they were together for three years and she becomes ill with dysentery and passes away. So there's some correlations there in terms of my life and the characters. And the depression that he goes through was very similar to mine, except I didn't use drugs, where he used opium as a means of numbing himself. Right. Um, And then meets this other sailor who happens to be Portuguese as well. that portion of the story of uh, the adventures that they go through working for a Chinese pirate. And then it leaves China, and the second part of the book ends up in uh, Portsmouth, England, which was very close. I mean, talking the area of Southampton, which in high school I was lucky enough to do an uh they call it a foreign study program and went to the university of southampton for 12 weeks in the summertime so again there's some correlation there in terms of land mass and things that i had an opportunity to experience over there and introduced it into the story in that part i have a lot of characters <laughs> <laughs> there 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 is uh there's murder and mayhem and theft and death at sea and all kinds of um, amazing things that go on it's uh, so you know I I'm really happy with it, it I, I it's going to become three books essentially now the uh, pearls will be two uh a prelude to a friendship which i don't have a, a cover really yet for but i i uh-huh. have one on the internet then the Pearls, and then the third is going to be a transition of uh, family from the characters of the Pearls coming to the States during uh, the transition after the Civil War up in into World War One. Mm-hmm. So that's the trilogy and it's, covers a good period of time and i'm looking forward to that i've already essentially done a good portion of that story i just need you know to do some rewrites and put things here and move things there typical authors authorship kinds of frustrations but uh, it's fun i'm loving every moment of my writing it's an extension of my art Uh Uh, you know i I essentially sculpt and do things with my hands, but I'm finding that with the autoimmune situations cropping up, the ability for me to hold power tools becomes tenuous after a certain period of time. So I moved from that and went to writing. And I'm glad I did. When you first began journaling,
0: were mm. you felt like were you felt like I can't, I, I'm going to do this or I
1: can't do this. Well, I can't do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, felt like, I felt like I can't do this. I, you know. Um, okay, so it's about, I would say, three weeks after Judith had been diagnosed and her and I started uh, to do journaling. And she just, I mean, she used to teach legal writing and research. and She just jumped right in me I like I said in the book I would have the pen in my hands and I'd be tapping the table twirling the pen looking around Hi. the room I'm um, frustrated because I, I it's something that I haven't hadn't done before and especially to Hi. try to put emotion to paper took me a while to get comfortable with so Hi. yeah it was it was once I did though uh, it just flowed. It came out of me like you know, the spigot on the side of the house being left open.
0: Some of the uh, um, I guess, links here. one is medium.com. Mm-hmm. And, another, and another medium.com. Now, are we talking about mediums, people that are mediums?
1: No, no. Those happen to be podcast interviews that I'd done, and I provided links to. Oh, I see. I see. Um,
0: it's a. Uh, it's a. It's an interesting way that 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 works. Uh, whenever you find a good medium. Uh, yeah. And uh, huh.
1: <laughs> go ahead. I well, <laughs> um, Judith. <laughs> Judith had taken me to a medium, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. and, and in any case, uh, you know, she had some interest in that. And me personally, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have to tell you this: this individual knew me from Adam. Nothing. No backstory, no like asking me a particular question to lead to something else. Mm-hmm. Didn't say a word to me, didn't ask me a thing, mm-hmm. sat there, and all of a sudden, out of this individual's mouth comes information and names, and and I'm looking at the individual as John, I was like. Yeah, what yeah 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 what <laughs> who <are> you <laughs> so i have an appreciation and a respect for those in the field who are uh have integrity right and and present themselves in a manner that is uh, not only professional but profound and right. yeah. Um, yeah that I looked at Judith. So. Yeah, yeah it, it really was, I and mean, yeah, uh, told me exactly what I was going to be doing. There you go, and I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> and what? And this is. All uh, right. This is what 2023. Yeah. This is nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, and I'm going. Yeah, crazy. And here I am. (laughs) Some
0: somewhat the same for me. Um, I did see something else in here that you got a degree in
1: psychology. Well, that's a Bachelor of Arts degree. It's, you know, uh, undergraduate degree. My graduate degree is in chiropractic. Um, I studied a diplomate program in neurology as a postgraduate. Um, And then later on, I have a master's degree in international relations with a concentration in public administration and uh, what you would probably classify as country reconstruction. Huh? So, say, like Afghanistan or Iran or some situation where de- democracy is being presented, but the country has no concept to the format. Mm-hmm. You, I would go in with others as a team and work on educating the process mm-hmm. so that those in, in the country of issue would be able to blend it with their mm-hmm. backgrounds, their faith, their understanding with respect. Okay. Just the part about where the books
0: are. Yeah. And how to to find them. Okay.
1: Uh, Promise made, promise kept can be found uh, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can go to a bookstore or major seller like Bonds and Nobles or uh, any of the other outlets and ask for it. It's not uh, typically something you'd find on the shelf, right? Because that requires a different hardcover type of environment. And it's uh, too costly for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, in, not in my budget. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Every bit of that. Um... Yeah. you know, So, I mean, if you wanted to be on the New York Times bestseller list, if you have a quarter million dollars in your wallet and you just want to drop it on down there, uh, you yeah. can get on the list.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's how it works, you know. Yeah, money, money, money works. Um, you know, that's just how it is. I uh, was thinking in terms of, of doing a sequel, but that's still coming. And I can't get motivated. I get get scattered. Um, do you feel like you're going to have a sequel or something in the future?
1: Um, yes, actually, I. Uh, have in the works uh, two books that will probably be one book Mm -hmm. from my research uh, from 2013 up until the present actually on the power of words and the impact uh, negative words have on your health and well-being Uh, so that's the psychology of healing that's on the website whether that title stays or not I'm not sure but I think probably um, getting to the balance or something to do uh, with that environment will, will be the title of the book. But I find it's extremely important, and it was helpful for me um, in the process of putting A Promise Made A Promise kept together. Yeah, that was good time spent, I would think. Um, yes, that, I've yeah. read a lot of ethics. Um, And I was telling Mac, I'm reading Charles Fillmore, Prosperity at Present, which I Mm -hmm. found to be an interesting read. Mm -hmm.
0: Let me uh, thank you for being here, my guest today. Thank Um, you, John. I I learned a a lot about you. And I think that a lot of people are going to learn a lot about you when they buy your book. It's uh, it's something that. uh, that once you, once, once you start, then you can't stop. That's thank my you. opinion. I, uh, uh, let's see. And I want to thank my listeners for searching for integrity. And um, it's time for me to say so long and happy trails to all. And when we meet again. Thanks a lot, Frank. Thank you, John. You.
1: Blessings and health to you and your listeners.